When it came up strong in my heart just a few weeks ago to begin introducing this to us, talking about rest, rest, entering the rest of God, the one thing I went back to the Lord on and just had one question about was I thought, Lord, you know, we're still so young as a church, and I'm doing my very best to preach things that are fundamental, foundational, foundational truths from your word, foundational things to who we are. But the more I've looked at this church, the more I realize that rest is just about as fundamental as it gets. It's the gospel. It's as basic as the gospel. What God told Moses to go preach to these people was this gospel of rest. I've seen you. I've visited you. I know what's going on. I know the burden you're carrying. I've seen your labor and your toil, and I'm bringing you out. Oh, come on, listen. I'm bringing you out. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. I'm bringing you out, but not just out. I'm bringing you out that I might take you in into a land that flows with provision, into a land where you don't labor and toil, you rest. That's the gospel. And God's telling Moses, go preach the gospel to him. And so fast forward here. It says in chapter 4, verse 29, Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses he did the signs in the sight of the people. What's this saying? They preached the gospel to him, said the Lord's bringing you out of here. He's taking you to a place of rest. And in verse, what is this, 31? So the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, that he had looked on their affliction, notice this, they bowed their heads and worshiped. They worshiped. Now this is the right response. This is what you do when the gospel gets preached to you. And what is the gospel? I'm bringing you out of here. I'm delivering you from this mess. I'm delivering you from labor and burden and toil. And I'm delivering you to rest. Now, here's the interesting thing. They bowed their head. They worshiped. But they ain't out yet. Are you listening? It's not like Moses preached it and bam, they're out. They're gone. No, they're not out yet. And yet they worshiped. I'm saying this to you because I want you to see this is our response. Our response is not to wait and worship. When the word of the Lord comes and says, I've seen what you're going through. I know what you're dealing with. I'm bringing you out of it. There is rest in your future. Your response is not, okay, I'll worship you when I see that. No, your response is to worship when the word comes. Your response is to worship and praise the moment you get that word. And that's what they did. But you go into chapter 5, and now Moses not only tells the people that, hey, the Lord's wanting to deliver you. Now he's going to go tell Pharaoh. And Pharaoh doesn't worship. Pharaoh doesn't even agree. <laughs> chapter 5, verse 1, afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who's the Lord? Who are you even talking about? That I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I don't know the Lord nor will I let Israel go. So they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God and lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. And the king of Egypt said to them, Moses, Aaron, listen, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. Pharaoh said, look, 
The people of the land are many now, and you make them rest from their labor. Brother didn't even know what he was saying. <laughs> Talking to this type of Jesus who was to come. He's mad about it. You make them rest from their labor. You bet he does. You bet he does. But Pharaoh's mad about this. And you know the rest of this. Pharaoh commanded his, his uh, officers. He said, don't give the people straw to make brick. Verse 7, let them go and gather straw for themselves. He said in verse 8, you will lay on them the quota of bricks which they'd, which they'd made before. Don't reduce it. They're idle. They cry out. Let us go sacrifice to our God. In verse 9, verse nine he said, let more work be laid on the men that they may labor in it and let them not regard these words. He went on to say and to tell his officers to tell them, your work's not going to be reduced. I'm not giving you straw. You're going to have to go get it, and you're going to have to fulfill the quota of daily bricks that you were meeting before. And they came, and they said, we can't do that. We can't do that. And they beat them. Why am I telling you all this? I'm wanting you to see, before we get to the promised land and the land of rest, what God was delivering them out of. He was delivering them out of an unreasonable workload, an impossible task. They couldn't do it. And this is the definition of what it means to labor and to toil. And it means to work till you break your own back and still you can't keep up. Still you can't produce enough. I'm wanting you to see here what God was delivering his people out of. But notice this. This is funny to me, not to them, I'm sure. <laughs> Verse 18, it says, Therefore go now and work. No straw will be given you, yet you will deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw they were in trouble. After it was said, you shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. Verse 20, chapter 5, Then... As they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron who stood there to meet them. And they said to them, let the Lord look on you and judge because you've made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. They came out and found Moses and Aaron. Like, where are all those guys? You, come here. What are you doing? You've made this worse for us. Now, here's what's interesting. And I've never noticed this before. Guys, how tight can you get on the pages of my Bible right here? Can you do this? Do we have any room to zoom? I'll just point to here. Here, you see my Bible, and most likely yours is the same way. It's printed in two columns. The end of chapter 4, where they worshiped God because of his word. I'm delivering you. They worshiped him right here. Watch this. This is where they're complaining. <laughs> Worship, complaining. Praise, complaining. It doesn't take long, does it? Where'd all that worship go? Where'd all that praise go? Oh, he's going to deliver us. The worship went away when it didn't happen like Monday at 8 a.m. Now, all of a sudden, these worshiping, praising people want nothing to do with this deliverer. You've made it worse for us. They're trying to kill us. 
Man, we don't have time to read through all this, but you know the story. You know how big and how strong and how mighty God went to work. I mean, it was an outstretched hand. It was a mighty arm. And there was not a single atheist in all of Egypt after God got done, right? I mean, it was plague after plague. He brought these people out. He delivered them even in spite of their complaining, even in spite of their grumbling. They come out of Egypt, and they, we talked about it last week. They stood at the edge of the Red Sea, and now Pharaoh's on his way to kill him again, and they think, well, we're either going to die fighting him or drown in this sea. They start complaining again, and that's where Moses said, shut up. He said, you are going to see God fight for you today, and the words he spoke to him were, be still, hold your peace, and remain at rest. He's trying so hard to get these people to rest. And they're complaining the whole time, but God still, he splits the sea. They walk across on dry land, delivers them. All of Pharaoh's army drowns in the sea. You know, it was compassion, I believe, that brought these people out. Because you got to look hard to find any faith. I really believe it was the compassion of the Lord. They cried out in help, and I think God said, I'll take that as faith. It was his compassion. Can you see that? These are not faith giants. These are not big faith people who trust God at every turn. As a matter of fact, all it takes is things to get just a little bit worse, and and they're giving up, man. So it was compassion that brought them out. But you know what? It's something else that'll take you in. The Lord is merciful. He is compassionate. And through his compassion, he'll deliver you out of a bunch of stuff. And he'll take whatever baby step of faith you can give him, whatever, whatever ounce of faith you can show, he'll take it and do what he can with it and out of his great mercy and compassion, deliver us out of a bunch of stuff. But when it comes time to enter in, to enter in to the rest, it's something else. Compassion will bring you out, but courage will take you in. It's required. Go to the book of Numbers, chapter 12. God was so good to these people, he delivered them. And he stayed with them. But you know the story. I mean, Moses had to talk God out of killing these people on more than one occasion. (laughs) And finally, God said to Moses, look, I'll give you an angel and he can take you. I'm not going. You remember that? I'm not going with you. He said, if I go with you, I am going to consume this whole entire nation. So here, take an angel. And Moses had to talk him out of it. No, we want you to go with us. And God was like, fine. (laughs) But do you remember what he said to him? And we'll talk some about this, I think, in the weeks to come. He said, okay, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. But you get here to Numbers chapter 13, And this is where Moses sends out spies. And they're going to go check out this land that flows with milk and honey, this place of rest. And the the spies went and they came back. And it says in verse 26, after they came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, we went to the land where you sent us. Yeah, It truly flows with milk and honey. This is its fruit. Verse 28, nevertheless. Oh, brother. 
But, they said, that's what nevertheless means. But, but, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, they dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. If you go back to the gospel that Moses preached to these people, he already told them all that. He listed literally all these people that are there. It was part of the gospel. It was part of the good news. But do they hear it as good news? No. Uh -uh. But I like this. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go up like now and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with them said, we are not well able. So which is it? You got two groups of people who went to the same place, saw all the same stuff, one comes back and says, we can't do it. The other comes back and says, we can do it. One comes back and says, we're not able. The other says, we are able. What do you do? Who do you believe? Listen to what they said. Verse 31, the men had gone up with them and said, we're not able to go up against the people. They are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. So you've got good news and you've got bad news. Now, whether or not you enter into the rest of God depends entirely on which news you believe. So let me ask you, church, you want the good news or the bad news? You better want this good news. Now, these other guys came back with bad news. And the bad news is, like we've gone over it, there's tall people there, there's walls, the cities are fortified, they're stronger than we are. The good news, though, Caleb said, let's go right now. We're well able to take it. But verse 32, again, they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inheritance. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were, uh, listen, listen, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in theirs. This is a window into the soul of these people. How they saw themselves. Small, insignificant, not strong, and not able. That's why it says in chapter 14, verse 1, the, all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in the wilderness... Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's select a leader and return to Egypt. Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. He's going to do what? Yeah. Give it to us. 
Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will just give it to you. I'm going to give you some rest. Oh, good. I want this rest. What do we got to do? Labor. You want to get into this rest? Yes, I do. What do you got to do? Labor. Labor to enter in to the rest. He said, he'll give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people of the land. They're our bread. We're going to eat these people for lunch. Their protection has departed from them. The Lord's with us. Don't fear them. Can you hear how different these two reports are? You got good news. You got bad news. What is it that kept these people from entering into the rest? Was it the giants? No. Was it the tall walls, the fortified cities, the chariots? What was it? Unbelief. Unbelief. One thing kept them from entering into the rest. We which have believed, what do we do? We enter in. So unbelief is the only thing that can keep you out. Faith is the only thing that can take you in. So where does labor come in? We're supposed to labor to enter into the rest? Yeah. Because faith is a fight. Well, if faith is a fight, then how is faith a rest? Faith is the fight to enter the rest, and faith is the fight to stay at rest, to remain at rest. And there is a fight. You are going to have to fight the bad news with the good news. What's the fight? You got to fight everything you see. You got to fight everything you feel. You got to fight other people's unbelief. You got to fight all their experience that tells you you can't go in. There is a fight of faith to get into this rest. And the only way into it is faith. The only way into rest is believing. And we have a crystal clear picture right here in the word of what unbelief sounds like and what faith sounds like. We don't have to be confused about it at all. Go back and look at, at the 10 spies. What did they do? What did the nation of Israel do? They cried and they wept. You cannot cry and weep incessantly, nonstop, and be in faith at the same time. Now, there is a cry of faith. And that's what the children of Israel offered up when they were being beaten and they were under that heavy labor and that burden and that toil and their families were being ripped apart and their babies were being killed. They cried. If you look up that word cry in Exodus, it literally is help, help. Did you know there's enough faith in help for God to go to work in your life? Because it's humility. To ask for help is humility. What are you saying? I can't do it. I don't have the strength. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the know-how. Help! And there was enough faith in that cry of help to open the door for God to go to work in their lives and in that nation. So yes, there is a cry that he will hear. But to just lay across the bed and lay in the floor day and night and cry and cry and God, why? And God, why? And why me? And why now? And God, don't you see me? And God, why can't I? And God, why can't we? And cry and cry and cry. There's no faith in that. You got to stop it. Can I just be plain? You got to stop it. 
enough with the crying and the weeping. It's time to put some faith in your voice. It's time to stop looking at the bad news and start looking at the good news. Did he or did he not invite you into this rest? There's the gospel. And the only way that gospel of rest is going to do you any good is when you believe it. What did these, these spies in this nation do? They cried and they wept. What does unbelief sound like? I'm not able. This is what unbelief says. I'm not able. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. This is what unbelief says. I can't, I can't, I can't. Unbelief makes excuses. Why didn't you go into the land of rest? Why didn't you go into the promised land? Well, we would have. But nevertheless, you know, there's tall people there, so. So we'll just hang out here for 40 years. and Excuses. Unbelief makes excuses for why you can't possess the land that God's called you and given to you to possess this land of rest. Unbelief cries and weeps and makes excuses. You know what faith says? Let's go. It's so easy. It's so easy to spot faith. Faith is bold. Come on, what are we waiting on? Let's go and let's go now. Faith sees it in a different way. But beware. If you're going to live and walk and talk and fight by faith, beware. You are going to tick some people off. Because Caleb and Joshua said, come on, quit this crying. Quit this weeping. We got to go and let's go now. The Lord is with us. We are well able to do it. And you know what the people of Israel did? Picked up rocks to start to stone them. You're going to see some of that too. Hopefully not rocks thrown at your head, but you will see some people who, who do not take kindly to your boldness and your confidence of faith. Faith either stirs people up or it ticks people off. And that's going to happen when you make the decision that you are going into this rest. I'm done being the one carrying it and laboring and toiling to no end. I'm casting the care onto him and I'm going into my rest. And you start talking like that. You start talking about how strong you are in the Lord and how you are able to overcome and, and what you have in Christ Jesus. You get people, okay, whatever. Let's be real. You mean let's be real carnal. That's what you mean. Let's be real fleshy. Let's be real unbelieving. It's so easy to hear the difference. Go ahead, guys. Just begin to play something for me. People, Christian people, are so quick to get offended if you ever even kind of slightly begin to suggest that maybe they're still dealing with something and the reason might be a lack of faith. <gasps> How dare you suggest that I don't have faith? I don't do that with people. I, I'm, I'm very slow to ever say anything like that. But come on, let's be honest. Could it be? I mean, could it be that perhaps the problem is you haven't entered into the rest of your healing? You haven't entered into the rest 
of provision. You haven't entered into the rest of the restoration of your marriage and your family and your relationships. Could the problem be unbelief? Because according to the scripture, that's the only thing that can keep you out. So would you be willing to be honest with yourself and honest with the Lord? Have I been unbelieving somewhere? Because we who have believed do enter the rest. They couldn't enter in. Why? Unbelief. We enter in. Why? How? Belief. Faith. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.